132 of The Platformers, a show about nerd culture. I'm your host, Brian Barnett. I'm Joshua Mobley. <laughs> I'm Lily Saldivar. <laughs> welcome, welcome. Uh, this week we are joined, as as you heard, by our wonderful, uh, wonderful friend, Lily Zaldivar. Uh, with whom Josh and I have recorded several episodes of uh, of Best Friend Media's new horror movie podcast, Dark Corridors. So, right. uh, thank you so much for joining us, Lily. Thank you. Always a pleasure to talk to you, me. Lily. You and Josh both work at Gamespot, which right. means now we are back up to having three uh, game industry people on the show at a time. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that's how we do it. Yeah. Uh, so Chris is off enjoying his new job, which keeps him super busy during the day. Uh, but the hope is to get him back on here at one point or another. I miss him. I miss him dearly. I miss him dearly like a friend, but at least, uh, at least his nights are his own once more. Uh, which is awesome to hear. Mm -hmm. So this week we're going to be talking about a bunch of stuff. We're going to be talking about, Shadow of the Tomb Raider. We're going to be talking about Monster Hunter World, The Simpsons, a couple of other games. Where do we want to start? The Simpsons. Yeah. The Simpsons. Okay. It's a great show. It, you know what? Brian, you've totally seen before. (laughs) It really, I can't, I I can't say that I've never seen it anymore anymore. Yeah. Or that I've never seen it before anymore because I have now seen a bunch of it. I am. Four more. Yeah. I have just finished watching the seventh season. Uh, so I've I've now watched the first seven seasons. It has finally gotten to a point where it's making me like actually laugh out loud. Oh, good. Um, which is really great. It, it started, I think I saw the first glimpse of greatness of the show on the first episode of the second season, which is the one where Carl uh, becomes uh, Homer's assistant at work. And uh, he's portrayed by, I forget the guy's name, but he was Robin Williams' like best friend and hairdresser in um, Mrs. Oh, Doubtfire. Yeah. The guy who talks like this. Yeah. Yeah. You go out there and you get it. You know, like he's like that, that sort of a very, very um, almost aggressively uh, effeminate and very like boisterous and confident with like literally the raspiest voice of anyone I've ever heard in my life. Like just one of the most incredible voices and figures, uh, you know, of my youth in movies. He must have smoked a carton of cigarettes a day. Yeah. Like it's, it is ridiculous. Either that or he always just ate a block of cheese. (laughs) Just one of, one of those, one of those two. Uh, but it's been really, Awesome. And in fact, one of my favorite things about the show is that it started to kind of feed back into a lot of the inside jokes that have been developing over the course of the show. Mm-hmm. So my, I don't know whether I talked about this before, but one of my favorite recurring bits in the show is every time Homer comes up on the screen that Mr. Burns is watching, he's like, who's that fellow Smithers? Like, he doesn't know who it is, even after they have these ridiculous adventures together. Like, he eats dinner at their house when, you know, and they serve him the three-eyed fish. Or he runs for mayor, and uh, Lisa, like, you know, tries to stymie his efforts and stuff. 
or Bart saves his life by donating blood and becomes his heir. Like there's all of these ridiculous adventures. And yet Mr. Burns has no idea who the hell Homer is repeatedly. And so they finally, I think it was either last season, like in season six or season seven, they finally start like actually poking direct fun at it. Uh, and it was one of my favorite scenes where, uh, Mr. Burns says, who is that? Who is that young go-getter Smithers? And I think it's the episode where Homer becomes like one of the heads of the union. Um, and he's like, well, that's Homer Simpson. And then he just Smithers rattles off like a bunch of the incredible things that have happened between them, uh, over the over the years. And Mr. Burns is like, Hmm, doesn't ring a bell. And then it just (laughs) keeps moving on. And I'm like, this is such a great bit. Like, it's so good. And it just keeps going on from there. Like, I love that. And then there's the whole thing with um, with uh, Chalmers and uh, the principal. I just watched, I finally saw the, the steamed hams yes. uh, bit oh, in the nice. show. Dude, I finally I, just saw that. Man, don't even, like, if you mention steamed hams around me or Matt, oh, my God. Like, we're, we're way into that. I love, it's, like, all the weird-ass memes. That have been it's made so about good. steamed hams. It's, it's too good. Like the Guitar Hero one, I have I, uh, steamed hams, but it's Guitar Hero. That one's pretty freaking great. Uh, there's there's some great ones. They're they're incredible. It, yeah, it's it's ridiculous. There's also there's also this bit um, that my friend Aaron has done for literally years, and I never knew where it was from. Where I would use a word. And he, and if he didn't know it or another friend that was present didn't know it, and they would ask me like, is that a real word? Mm-hmm. And then my friend Aaron would say, it's a perfectly cromulent word. Um, and so I just got to that bit, which is the, the bit where they're, um, it's the, the one where they out Jebediah Springfield as like a pirate. Um, <laughs> I forgot about like that. He, like he wasn't actually too. a good guy. There's so many episodes that I, you could tell me a bunch of them and I'll be like, oh yeah. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. That's been fun. I did that when I, re- when I bought, I bought the, I have the first four seasons on DVD and I, when I first started buying them, I was watching the first season and I'm just like, oh my God. Oh yeah. I was like, I haven't seen this since I was like maybe 11. Yeah. Many it's times I've said, oh yeah. Yeah. That's the yeah. thing. <laughs> one, of, one of my favorite, um, and I, I immediately seized upon it in the first episode of the show when they get Santa's little helper. It has one of my favorite images in the entire show, which is, um, which is Maggie in the, like the little starfish winter outfit. Oh, my favorite outfit ever. That reminds me of that scene in a Christmas story where Ralphie's little brother is bundled up so much that he looks like a tick and his arms won't stay down by his sides. Oh, yeah. They just keep popping up. And it's like, it, that's like the same thing. It's great. You're almost um, at peak season. Like when, when everyone agrees the show gets bad. Is like, oh, in when the is that? Of, it's like, I think it's in the middle of season nine. Like season eight, everybody's like, it's the last good season. And then after that, it's like a slow decline. But I'll leave that up. I'll leave that up to you. Uh, to decide. Yeah, I, I feel like the... I feel like... It, it's not like... Because when you watch Seinfeld, like, Seinfeld gets crazier as it goes on. It just gets crazier and crazier and crazier all the way till the end. Yeah. Which, like, the, the last episode is, like, one of the most bonkers episodes ever. 
Just like if you if you take away like the how good it is or whatever, like just the things that happen, like it's totally buck wild. Um, but in the Simpsons, it feels like it's a relatively, it's a relatively consistent pitch of craziness throughout. And while certain episodes have definitely been more hit than miss, um, I don't feel like it's ever, I don't feel like I've ever seen like a bad episode. There were some that were just like, okay, this like maybe just isn't for me, but I definitely feel like, like even from the start of it, even when the animation like isn't great, um, it's still like the, the, the writing is, has been pretty great throughout. Um, and that's one of the craziest things about this show is like how many little jokes are in like every scene, these little throwaway things. Like you'll see somebody walking past in the background of a shot and like something weird happens with them or like people have very interesting kind of throwaway reactions to jokes. Mm -hmm. It's, it's really great. Anyway, I I don't suppose it's going to surprise anybody to say that, Hey, I've been watching the Simpsons and it's good. And it's really phenomenal. But I mean, it's nice to hear it because I think they're, I mean, they're, they've been going on for years, you know, like I don't even know how many episodes they have, like 300, if not more. It's like it's something like, like thirty more seasons, than that. isn't it? It's like oh. six hundred something episodes like, at this point. They're at their thirtieth season or something like that. Because there's like twenty twenty four episodes per season or roundabouts. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, as much as it's like, you know, people might not be well. People, I think, at this point, would be shocked to hear that someone hasn't watched The Simpsons. But I think there's something yeah, really. That's special the reaction about that I get that. a lot of the times. I think it's really special though because it's like, um, you know it's nice to binge watch you have so many seasons so much time you know to enjoy like this really special tv show that has like stayed through the test of time like it's lasted for so long and it's still going yeah and that's yeah i just think it's impressive and like yeah i'm a bit surprised that you haven't watched it but i'm kind of just like i'm really jealous because it'd be cool to like watch that whole like, well, you know, you could probably go back and watch every season over again. There's so many, like... Yeah. yeah. One of the most amazing things to me is how many things um, are still so relevant. Like, there are a lot of... Um, like, like, I'll watch a season and they made some some political joke... Or something, or they poked fun at like the the situation in America, and I looked at it to see what date it was made, and it was like ninety three, and it's still like scathing today. I'm just like, wow, that is, like it is, because because it's played like a current, or I mean, I mean, it, it was it was playing towards the the landscape at the time, but it still works just as well. So the show is almost like evergreen while being like true to the day which is really weird to me mm-hmm. um also one of the one of the crazy things is i i went to um my new favorite pizza joint which is a place called love buzz um love and the name. it's love it's it. a it's a <laughs> yeah it's great it's a it's a hybrid pizza joint and uh bar but they also have TVs up on the wall where they play like Futurama or Family Guy or King of the Hill. Like they just have those running all the time. 
Um, and watching some of that just reminded me how, um, cause I, I, I've seen a lot of family guy. It made me realize how much of family guy that I liked is just the Simpsons redone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is like shocking to me. South Park, uh, I think, makes fun of that. They do. The whole yeah. Simpsons did it thing. Yeah, Simpsons did it first. Yeah? Yeah. It's like a whole... It's like two episodes, and... <laughs> <laughs> it's... Sorry, cats. It's it's two episodes. I don't know what season, but South Park, basically, one friend group is like, oh, we really like Family Guy, and then they like say a joke, and then someone goes... Oh, well, the Simpsons did it first. Or, and then they talk about how Family Guy does that thing where they go, you know, this happened to me one time, and then they go back and whatever. It's, I don't know. It's a, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's well, a whole conspiracy was... where Cartman uncovers that the writers of Family Guy are a bunch of manatees that have balls oh, yeah. with things written yes. on them, and then they put I, them That was in a the... great episode. Yeah. I forgot about I've that. I've only seen like 15 episodes of South Park ever, but that was one of them. Did you ever hear when, um, they asked Seth MacFarlane at like a convention about like, oh, are you going to do like a response episode? And he said something like, I would love to, but I don't really, I don't have that kind of time. Really? <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. He said it in a joking way. Like, that's also kind of, I don't, <laughs> I don't think he minded the episode. Like, I think he thought it was funny, but yeah. I would agree. It was very good. It was, it was very, very yeah. genius. It was very funny. Yeah. But I do find it interesting that while, like, South Park talks more... I mean, well, going back in time, South Park did more of a, like, commentary like The Simpsons did, but more underlined. So it wasn't like the, you know, hit them over the head with exactly what you're talking about. But mm-hmm. now with the newer episodes and newer seasons, it's definitely, like, hit them over the head with exactly what's happening uh, relevant nowadays. I kind of feel like The Simpsons does that a little bit, but they do it more in a way where you can still enjoy the show without going like, oh, they're criticizing ourselves or our lives. Like, I don't don't know. I'm trying to think of the way of saying it that I think just The Simpsons does things a bit more differently than uh, South Park does, and that's why The Simpsons still has so many people watching it, and South Park is kind of just gotten pushed to the wayside a little bit i think they used to have more seasons and now they're like hardly doing any of them like it's been a while since i've seen anything from south park and no one really talks about them yeah i haven't heard anybody talk about south park in a while i hear it come up now and again i don't really hear anybody talk about the simpsons but it's definitely still going the Um, simpsons people talk about it more just nowadays because like they there are certain episodes where like they predicted Game of Thrones, they predicted the whole Notre Dame yeah. thing, and like yeah. all yeah. these things that like to them they were jokes back in the day, and now you're like, oh shoot, <laughs> y'all yeah, are a they, bunch they of seers. Called it, yeah. Uh, and that's you know you were talking about the callback thing earlier. That was one thing that like when that happened in the show, like that is definitely something that I associate with Family Guy. Oh, what the oh. same. Lily just pulled up a cup and I could tell that it's from in and out and 
I'm really jealous. I'm so sorry. It's fine. It's fine. I keep hearing that we're getting one down here soon. Oh, you are? And that they've got, oh, they've bought the land. One. It's fine. I hope you they get bought the one. land, I'm, but they just haven't. I'm gonna be honest. I don't really like In and Out. I don't. I don't think it's that good. That's fine. You don't have to. I'm I okay do. with it. You know, like I like it, but because there's one like up the street from where I live. Oh, I, I would eat, eat it, it too. I eat it so. <laughs> I eat it so much that at this point I'm like, once it's I fine. move out of here, yeah. and then it'll become a special treat again, and I'll yeah. just be happy. The only the only yeah. thing I really like at In and Out are the shakes. I think the shakes are really good. I can't have the shakes. Well, no, you. That's can't, funny because I think I, I think I think the shakes are definitely the weakest offering. No, have you tried the fries? Yes, yeah. the, the fries are terrible. The fries are the low tier, unless you have them animal style, fr- uh, like animal no, style they're, fries. They're good. They're good. All right, they well, have bad fries. I like they're when quite they're good. crunch, the crunchiness of it. Also, they're not as bad. The, the point about those fries is that they're not as bad for you as fries from other spots. That's actually But that's the true. point. <laughs> you want them to be bad for you. I that like how they're light and good. fluffy. Wait, it works. Can I offer some suggestions on Simpson games that you might like? Oh, sure, yeah. Boy. Okay. Huh? Although I will say, although I will say I played the the Simpsons arcade game and I did not like it. Yeah, okay. We're going to go past arcade, my dude. We're going to go past okay, the good, arcade. Good. We're going to go past it, there's a, Simpsons There's pinball. a barcade near my house, and they had the TMNT arcade game right next to the Simpsons one. And I played, and my first real time playing that game since I was a child, I played through it with three friends, and we beat it. Uh, we just played it until we beat it. And then we started playing... The, we were like, well, okay, what's next? And we tried to play the Simpsons one, and I'm like, wow, this game is just garbage. Yeah, I, I know a lot of people like it, but it's like it's that is talk about I mean, like it's a beat 'em up. Eating your yeah. tried talking about eating your quarters. I've never seen a game that does that worse than the I Simpsons mean, arcade. Again, it's a beat 'em up. Like I don't sure, think beat 'em sure, ups sure. are very good. We liked them as kids. But yeah. then when you grow up, you're like, oh, this sucks. Yeah, once you become an adult and you realize that it's eating your quarters, yeah. you you then care. As a kid, you don't really care. But we're going to go past arcade. Okay. This is what more else? of like a actual console game. So if you own a PS2 or if you own a, um, a GameCube, there's a game called uh, Simpsons Road Rage, which is basically okay. Crazy Taxi, but with the you Simpsons. You mean Hit and Run? No, Road Rage. There's Simpsons Road Rage, and then there's Simpsons Hit and Run. Both are for PS2, and I think... I know Hit and Run is for GameCube as well, mm-hmm. but I don't know. Right, I don't have either of those. So they're both Crazy <laughs> yeah, Taxi? Yeah, so find it. No, no, no. Hit and Run is like Grand Theft Auto, but, um, but Simpsons, and Road Rage is Crazy Taxi, but with the Simpsons. Interesting. So, so are you just are you auto just running around the whole place, carting people around? So yeah, pretty much. So like you know, like in Crazy Taxi, there's a green, which is easy, red, which is hard, and and you go to like different areas, and you can like, you know, it's Crazy Taxi, but Simpsons, and you get to play. I think is Homer, Lisa, Bart, Marge, and you get to drive around. It's really fun. I think it's really fun. And then hit and run, you play as Homer Simpson in the beginning, and you get, like, a bunch of outfits. And you go to, like, different parts of the Simpsons, and you, you know, do the story mode. But there's also, like, little side quests that you can do to, like, 
buy cars and get stuff, and it's really fun, and the cheat codes are amazing. So, <laughs> always like a good cheat code. Yeah, I yes. used to I used to use the cheat codes a bunch, and there was one where you could your car would be invincible, and then the other because eventually your cars will break down and explode, so mm. you have to like get out of them. And then the other one was you could make your car invincible, and then the other one is you can make your car so that when it taps another car, the other car explodes. So those are great when you try to need to catch up to an enemy or like Mr. Burns or whatever, but they're not good for when you have to like knock stuff out of a car. Mm. So every single time I have to restart. Anyway, those two games are fantastic for you to play. Perfect for you to try out. And they're not like the arcade. They're super fun. And if anyone hasn't played them, if you still have a PS2, if you still have a GameCube, you should play it because um, I think they're great. Especially if you're a Simpsons fan, I think they're fantastic. Man, now now that I'm that I'm uh, a fan of the Simpsons and I've played the Stick of Truth, uh, I just want somebody to do like a weird kind of undertale slash south park stick of truth style rpg with the simpsons oh that'd be fun that would be cool that would be very cool i still think you you should honestly like do you own a ps2 i do not do you own a gamecube (laughs) i do not oh my god oh my god i I pray for you (laughs) i go back to the last gen oh so i have I have a PS3 and Xbox 360, uh, a PSP, a Vita, 3DS, you know, all that sort of stuff. Well, I would say I really wish that you could play Hit and Run. Like, I would literally send it to you because I have two copies. I have PS2 and GameCube. And I say I would say if you want to, like, fulfill that whole, like oh, I kind of want, you know, like a stick of truth, but unfortunately it's not an RPG, but it would really, like, fulfill your fantasy. You know what? Audrey's little brother might have those consoles, because I don't think they ever sell anything. Well, if you have... So I might be able to get... Okay. I might... We might... Let's... Let's... Let's look into that and hook that up afterwards. Okay, cool. Um, also, I am I'll lend it to you. That doesn't mean you get to keep it, but I'll lend it. Yeah, I'll send it back. I'll send it back. (laughs) So, uh... Other than watching The Simpsons and working, um, I also, I don't know if I had done this the last time uh, we'd recorded the podcast, but I got, there was a deal for three months of uh, Xbox Game Pass for $1. Yeah. And I got it. And I played through Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Have either of you played this game? I've only Uh, played bits of it. I played the first one and then I started playing the second one and I was like, man, the shooting doesn't feel great and I never went back. Okay. So the this new Tomb Raider trilogy is really interesting. Um, I never and this is a, this is an interesting another interesting thing where it's like, hey, Brian's behind the times. Like with The Simpsons, is I never played any of the older Tomb Raider games. So the first Tomb Raider game I ever played was the reboot. Um, which, of course, is what you want when you're rebooting a franchise. You want to onboard new people. And that's absolutely what it did for me. Um, it, it, there's been a lot of talk about how um, 
Tomb Raider informed Uncharted, and then the Uncharted games informed the reboot of Tomb Raider. And I think that is true to a certain extent. But I will say, as somebody who likes both of these games, they're pretty different. Um, And I actually do like what Tomb Raider offers more when it's done well. Um, I will say I ran into... I played Shadow of the Tomb Raider on uh, Xbox One X, and it was still pretty janky. Like, there were a lot of times when I would, you know, when I would leap and it just wouldn't read properly. Um, Or when I would die because something interacted in such a way with some system that I was engaging with. Um, You know, I I would leap and throw my um, climbing hook and it should have landed on the wall and then I could have swung from it, but it just didn't hit the right spot the way that it was supposed to. Uh, And then it would reload and then I would have to go take it again and then just luck of the draw, it would work even though I did the exact same thing three times and then it would, you know, swing through or like it would require you to be spot on in a way that it didn't read like you needed to be. Um, So there's some issues like that, but I really like um, what they did with the game tonally because they make it more about responsibility and personal responsibility and about uh, Lara's kind of compulsion to do all the things that she does in her life. Um, And I think that they handled that fairly well. It's a tough needle to thread, but I think they did a pretty good job with it. Um, I got really, really aggravated and almost walked away from the game because there's a forced... In a game that's all about choice and all about, hey, do stealth stuff if you want and run in guns blazing if you want. And then when they repeatedly take away all of your stuff and force you to go stealth and make it so that effectively if you're seen, it's game over. Even though it's not literally the case, like you're gonna, people are gonna lay into you with machine guns and you're not gonna live. Um, to force you to do that, even if it's for a brief while, um, is enraging to me. And uh, they do that in this game, and I legitimately almost quit like twice. And I was screaming at the screen and really frustrated. And then it actually leads into the most empowering scene in the entire game that also is extremely resonant from a story perspective. And then I was like, okay, that's pretty good, but you didn't have to do this to get there. Um, Do you think that the way you felt during those stealth moments and like them taking away, like you basically not having a choice. Do you think that feeling overall, um, like, and then the feeling that you got, at the end, the empowering moment, do you think all of it was worth it? Or if it was just like, why the fuck did you do this? I think if I was any, the, the caution that I, that I have in saying it was worth it is if I was any less patient than I am, I just wouldn't have played anymore. And I wouldn't have gotten to that moment. Yeah. Um, for me, yes, it, it was worth it because that, kind of made me feel it made me forget about it 
until just now. Um, and where I was just, I'm just still sitting on that high from that moment, even though I've finished the game and this, this moment comes like maybe two thirds or three quarters of the way through the game. Um, and then there's a lot more that you can do after that. Um, but the, the frustrating thing is that's, that was a problem for me as someone who defaults to stealth. Like throughout the entire game, my entire approach was give me bonuses to stealth attacks. Give me more options for surprise attacks. But when you have a bow, it's a lot easier. You can do it from range. And the whole thing that they do is they take everything away and all you have is a knife. Um, so there's no more, all of the ranged options that you've been used to using throughout the game, you don't have them. And they force you to lean into this very specific stealth mechanic. Then um, they give people I'm just, minor uh, mechanics spoilers right now. So skip ahead if you don't want to hear this. They force you to hide in the bushes and kind of skulk through and grab people gorilla style, slit their throats and that sort of a thing. Hi. Then they give people infrared goggles where they can see you in the bushes and they give you they make you deal with that while you have no weapons. So people can see you in the bushes when you're hiding in the only place that you've been safe. And then you have to get through an entire section like that and then they say, "Oh hey, if you rub mud all over yourself, you can get past that." Like predator. Which, which negates the whole point of this mechanic because they offer you several mud piles like in that area so it's like okay we're gonna make some we're gonna give you a cool section where you're disempowered you don't have your weapons and you have to stealth around with just your knife then we're gonna make it even harder then we're gonna completely obviate that hard mechanic we just introduced and then you're gonna get all your weapons back and a new one that makes you amazing and it's like that's I don't know. It, it felt like they were trying to teach you something and being really heavy handed with it and, and using the mechanics of the game to lead to some sort of story resonance. When I think they could have done it. I, I don't know in a game like this, where it's all about choice, it seems to Is run it counter though? to the I ne I've the never felt that like at all. That Tomb Raider is about choice. I think since the second game it has been. Okay. With just with how you approach encounters. And I'm not it's not to the extent of Dishonored or Deus Ex or something like that. Like yeah, it's not when to you that say extent. that that's what I think of. Like it's not to that extent. But like if you want to run out legitimately and mow people down with a machine gun, you can. Um, so and if you want to like, stay, so it's like limited choice. Yeah. Like no matter, no matter what you do, you're still going to end up on like the same path. You know, I think that's what the, I think that's the conversation Relatively. of choice that we're talking about. Cause yes, yes, yeah, yes. Okay. okay. I mean, it, it may be a binary choice where it's like you can run in guns blazing or you can, um, stealth through the bushes and knife people, or you can take to the treetops and snipe people with your bow. Yeah. Yeah. Or like a silenced pistol or something. Like you have, you have like several options. Yeah. And in 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 the other, you know, in this particular section, they take that away. And it's just I don't know. It just it rubbed me the wrong way. But other than that, 
I really enjoyed it. And I think that it does some cool things for the world. It actually kind of wraps a lot of things up in an interesting way that I'm fascinated to know what the next game will be about. Um, because there isn't... I don't really see a clear through line from this game to the next game the way that I have with the first three. But that said, I mean, it's on Game Pass and I paid a dollar and, you know, and I I played through a bunch of it and I I still enjoy running around. I think the best, I think that like with the previous Tomb Raider games, the best stuff is when you're actually raiding tombs and not in combat. I think the the puzzle solving and the traversal um, have always been the things that were the most fun for me in these games. Um, you know, kind of light combat elements are satisfying. Cover based shooting and stuff like that is fun, but it it didn't it didn't blow me away. And like I said, the technical stuff was kind of obnoxious. They do some things with disguises in this game that I thought were interesting almost like kind of hitman esque um and that was fun even though it was like kind of short-lived um but yeah so i i'd say check it out if you've been playing the other tomb raider games i mean this is a pretty interesting way to um wrap up this arc of the tomb raider game saga you know if you will so but is it done i feel like it's not actually done the saga? What? I don't think so. Yeah. Pretty sure uh, there's more. Th- there may be, but the way that this game ends, I... I I mean, it kind of wraps things up in a way. So, I, I, like I said before, like I'm not sure how they're going to move on from here. They're definitely not done with Tomb Raider games for sure. I'm just not sure what the next branch is going to look like. Because this definitely feels like a like kind of Kingdom Hearts three type mm. ending. I don't know if that's a good thing. I mean, I I I think Laura's character gets to a good place towards the end of this game, so that I think that she's more. Um, I guess like to bring this back to like our Avengers discussion, um, she she's kind of like. It, kind of the same feeling that I had about Scarlett Johansson's portrayal of Black Widow in Endgame, where it's like, oh, wow, like I'm actually really... Uh, this character's in a really interesting place that I like. So I, I, I'm interested to get more with them. And I felt kind of the same way with, with Lara in this. Right on. Okay. So, for, for whatever that's worth. And obviously, like you know, if you're like Josh and this sort of... This sort of, uh, you know, the, the, the moment-to-moment gunplay just doesn't really feel good to you although i will say they do modify uh, they have a, a good upgrade system that i don't recall being exactly this way um where you can get attachments and different things and upgrade the kind of stats of your various weapons and they give you a lot of choices like it's not just a shotgun like they have like three or four shotguns and different things so you can you can definitely like hone in on like more of what you want but i think it might have just been um, trying to do maybe a few too many things and then the the polish wasn't quite to the place where I would have liked it to have been. But yeah, that was one of the main things that I played. Cool. Nice. What are you up to, Josh? 
boy, a lot of card games. Yeah. Honestly, um, like a lot of Magic Arena. Uh, a couple other things. I is it still enough, is Magic Arena still just as good as when you were ranting oh yeah. and raving about it? Oh yeah, because Magic's awesome. Magic's great. Um, and then I did a thing this week where I bought Pokemon cards in 2019. Yeah. <laughs> oh my. Physical Pokemon cards. Um, did you go back and get like early sets or like a uh, no? So basic I didn't. Pack? I didn't have to uh, because Pokemon Company uh, did a set like maybe two, three years ago, uh, and it was called Evolutions. And what it was was basically a reprint of the cla- like the classic cards, like the original 150. And so I basically. Uh, me and a friend bought two starter decks, the two starter decks that they released with that set. And uh, so they had a they had a Pikachu deck, and then they had a Mewtwo deck. And so I took the Pikachu deck. And wow, that sounds like a really smart decision. Good choice. <laughs> he wanted if the Pikachu, Pikachu and deck. Mewtwo got into a fight. You think you <laughs> you think Pikachu would this win? This is why you use the cards and the strategy. Yeah. Like, and that's the thing about the game. As someone who, I, I haven't played it. I used to play it, like, every Saturday uh, at card stores when I was, like, 11 before I switched to Yu-Gi-Oh! And the game actually has a lot more, like, tactical stuff than I than I remember, to be honest. Um, that's probably because you didn't engage with it as a kid. Probably not, because I was a dumb kid, let me tell you. Uh, (laughs) weren't we all i was pretty stupid um but like there there's there's you know there's tactics for when you're like bringing out your like in the regular game like when you win to bring out what pokemon when to evolve them during a match because evolving uh at the right time is like sort of a tactic in and of itself uh and all that but uh so so is that like mega evolution no, like, like normal. They, they evolve. They evolve for the encounter, and then they go back to their own. No, like they have a. There's a thing in the game where if you evolve, like so you can it like just like in the in the actual game, like the, you know, the digital game. Uh, the video game. The video game. People a video call it. game. Uh, <laughs> I mean, like, all you have to really think about this card game is that you are pl- you are doing a Pokemon battle against trainers, but just using cards. Like, it's almost no different. Uh, but then you have, like, little things to help you get, a- get advantage and stuff. But for the most part, like, it mechanically works almost the same. Um, but, like, there's a thing where you-, you evolve your Pokemon during the game. You can't just, like, put a Charizard out. Like that doesn't you know it doesn't work. You have to get a Charmander and then you have to put a Charmeleon on top of it, and then another turn you have to put a Charizard on top of that. Like so, I've never played any of these games. Is this like random draw? So if you don't pull a Charmeleon into your hand, like you just can't do that. Yeah, it's like a okay. it's like a card game, you know. Um, well, yeah, but there are a bunch of different types of card games, and some card games you have access to all your cards at the start, and some you don't. No. Uh, they, so, so do you have like a hand and then you draw you some per turn or whatever? Um, but it's like you can summon as many. So, all right, let's break down how this game works. Oh, so boy, here the, we go. Settle, everybody sit win, down. 
the way you win just like in the normal pokemon game is by knocking out all of the opponent's pokemon but because it's a card game and you could and you're going to have like 20 something pokemon in your deck you have these things called prize cards which are that when you after you shuffle your deck you put six cards face down on the board like to your right and basically every time you knock out an opponent's pokemon you get to pick up a prize card you get to choose which one you want uh and when you Either when your opponent either runs out of cards or every Pokemon on their field has been wiped out or you pick up all of your prize cards, which would be like six Pokemon knockouts like in the Pokemon game, then you win. Um, and there's like a whole push and pull to it where you're only fighting with one Pokemon at a time. So you have to you have to put energy on them to use their moves. And then if you want to retreat because they've taken too much damage, there's a cost associated with it. So there's like a give and take. Like, do I... Do I let my Pokemon get knocked out or do I spend the energy to pull them out, you know, and all this stuff. But, uh, like, it's pretty simple. Um, but the the nice thing is, so I, we bought these decks and we haven't played with them yet. They came to my house, so I opened my Pikachu one today, actually. And, uh, boy, it is all of the old art. Oh, that's so cool. Like, legit all the old art. And I think it's I think it's so neat because... I haven't seen a lot of these cards in forever, like an eternity. I forgot how many of them had just like the shittiest 3D, 3D uh, max like art on them. Yeah. Uh, some of them look like really bad. They got like the super chubby Pikachu. So they give you that one like hol- like all holographic and stuff. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's great. I'm a, I'm excited to play it because it's been years and years. And uh, my friends and I have been like getting all of the card games that we used to play a lot. So we that's why I've been playing a lot of Magic lately, too, is like we haven't played it. And I haven't played it since high school. So like we had started playing that again and then we were playing Keyforge and then we're like, oh, my God, we should get Pokemon cards and Yu-Gi-Oh cards and like try them out. Although I think we've landed on. Or at least I've landed on Yu-Gi-Oh! is kind of a bad game. I don't think it's a good game. Uh, really? No, I because think it's... Because that's like the card game. It's a card game about being a card game. Yeah, that's the problem. Uh, it's too meta? I think it's poorly designed. and. Uh, but the it's... blue eyes and the white dragons. I know. Uh, the problem is that because the anime is based on a card game and because Konami doesn't really give a crap about like designing cards or may or either they can't it's good it's a konami game yeah konami publishes the card game uh upper that's deck, why it's not good upper deck publishes <laughs> it in the west but they don't design it they just translate it and then japan and, and then it, but that's the thing so like because it's a game based on an anime uh the people writing the anime are are the ones really creating the cards and when they're creating the cards they're doing they're it not for the necess- story. They're doing it for the story. They're not trying to design yeah. a good game. So either Konami can't change the rules of the cards because they're afraid that the kids who are watching the anime would be could confused that the cards aren't doing what they're we, supposed to do. I mean, know? maybe not confused, but like annoyed for sure. Would or be annoyed, my guess yeah. Because like if if there's a really cool card in the show and I go to buy that card and then it doesn't do the same thing it does in the show, like that kind of sucks. Exactly. So 
like that that's sort of the idea and and uh they basically just copy paste like whatever the thing did in the show and put it as the game and because of that like they there are novels written on some of these cards and uh like the rules and the stuff are like so insane i just think it's i don't think it's a good game i think it's poorly poorly designed not fun that's like like in direct opposition to magic which i think is like a very intuitive which yeah magic is arguably one of the best board card games ever made like it's yeah 25 years later it still has such a presence and such and such a deep like it's so deep and every time they just release more cards it gets even deeper because a lot of formats don't restrict the cards you use like you know yeah so you can just use anything from any era like magic like standard is only in the like the last year and then there's modern which is the last 10 years and then uh I think there's literally a format called Legacy, which is literally everything. There are some banned cards, but for the most part, you have 25 years of cards that you can pull from to... And you can just be like, oh, I want to have this Eldrazi. Yeah. And then I can and then I can basically use a combination of cards where you don't get a turn and I just kill you. <laughs> like, <laughs> exactly. There's some like super broken card combinations that you can come up with. Yeah, there are there are some insane. uh, It skips your enemy's turn and then pauses time and then gives you extra actions and like all this ridiculous stuff. Oh yeah, like Like, it's it's so awesome. But that's what's cool cool about it is that if you are someone who builds decks, which I'm totally not, but like if you're someone who builds decks, like you can uh, really dip into the history of the game and find these like weird like some weird common card from some expansion that nobody liked that came out like 12 years ago, but it's got this one mechanic that's going to make your whole deck, you know? Like, yeah. I think that that stuff is super interesting. I love it. And I, and that, that is like the be- the thing that I love the most about card-based games is, is that like, there are things that you can do, like even just in more modern video games, like steam world quest, like there are certain combinations of cards that you can do that will give you interesting effects in ways that you don't get in other just like straight RPGs. Yeah. Like if like if you play like Final Fantasy 10 or 12 or something versus like Steam World Quest, like you're going to find weird combinations of moves that you can do in ways that like you're not really going to see outside of something like Chrono Trigger um or something like that. I find that fascinating and I wonder why it takes video games focused on card mechanics uh, or just straight card games to do that. Like, I, I wonder, know. I wonder why that is. I think that it's seems the, like a really the randomness strange... and the combo nature just of their design. Like, lots of games that incorporate cards like usually like that's the idea you're trying to achieve some sort of mechanical outcome you know and i think that like card games uh just are that's sort of the idea you're you're trying to mechanic like out mechanic your opponent like uh i i almost kind of think of them as like puzzles like you're doing it's like competitive puzzle solving like in a way 
Um, oh man, <laughs> which I find which I find really cool and fun. It and, sounds uh, awesome. Yeah. So speaking of competitive puzzle solving, a quick aside. I'm I'm really we can't talk about it this week. We can talk about it next week, but I'm really excited. Speaking of competitive puzzle solving, to talk about Crystal Crisis. So Crystal Crisis. Okay. That's one of the games that I previewed back at PAX West. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know when we when we had our big meeting with uh, with Nicholas, and I'm really amped to talk about that. We can't talk about it now, but I just want to let you know yeah. we've got some stuff coming on that. Yeah. Um. Also, another card game that I love and can't wait to play again, Villainous. Very excited. Oh, I want to play, play that. Again, we'll play so it. So what is this? Yes. Uh, Villainous is an asymmetrical card game that you play with two to six people. And it is based on Disney villains. Um, oh, really? So you everybody basically plays a so it's like wicked the card game sort of so everybody plays a completely different villain from disney and every character has a completely different board in front of them a different deck that's unique to that villain and whatever movie they came from um they have a unique win condition also like Every, every character has a different thing they're trying to accomplish to win. So, like, I've played... The only character I've really played so far is Jafar, and his win condition is obviously to get the lamp. Become a genie. <laughs> to get the lamp, and then to get the genie under his control and get to the palace. There's a palace, like, on your board, and you move your character around. Based on where your character is on the board, you can do specific actions in a turn, like play a card or, like, fuck over another person in the game. Like, summon an, a hero from one of those people's movies to, like, try and fuck them over. And, like, you do all these things. And it's super... Based on that, I'm assuming they're all goals taken from, like, their motivations in the movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, like, okay. Ursula has to, like, get the trident and do something. And, like, uh, every single character has to do something completely different. And Maleficent I, has to carry a spindle over to somebody's house. I think Maleficent like has to do something like that. Like she has to <laughs> she has to like take over the castle and kill uh you know, the princess or something like that. Um and obviously like if you're uh, the opponent and you want to you know, mess with uh mess with them like you're gonna be summoning people like um you know like like the like prince charming and stuff to like fight them and stuff and is that his name yes it is that's Um, so dumb but like is charming his last name yeah it's prince first charming second but if you've ever read fables the comic book like they make a there's a whole thing about how there's the character Prince Charming is literally all the dudes from every one of those movies. Like he, he went and like banged and married one of the princesses and then like ran away and did it again. So he has like three ex wives and oh stuff that are gosh. all the, yeah, really fables is wild. Um, but, uh, yeah, villainous dude. It's really, it's like really good and really well balanced and stuff. It can be a little slow when you're playing with six people. Cause you're like all waiting for everybody's, you know, turn to to finally finish, but like it's really good. Uh, also, this this might be like a freaking self own, but you said fables, but what I heard was once upon a time. Oh, no. huh. not <laughs> once upon a time. Fables, because like book. fables is is what uh, Wolf Among Us is based on. 
it's that yes. comic series. Yeah. So I'm like, which is amazing. And I love it. And I love how they contextualize all of that stuff. But definitely not what I heard. What I heard was like freaking CW melodrama. No. Like, also, that's ABC. So. Oh, is it really? Yeah. yeah get it straight. Oh, get it, get it right. <laughs> Come on. You're going to sit there and tell me that it doesn't look like a CW show? Yeah, it doesn't. It looks like an ABC show. All right. Well, you I'll, you I'll, look at me dead in the eyes and tell me it doesn't look like uh, Jane the Virgin or something wholesome. Oh my God, Nicole loves Jane the Virgin. Oh, does she really? Oh, don't yeah. tell her I just bashed it. Were you hey, bashing Nicole? it? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> hey, Nicole. Nicole <laughs> <laughs> doesn't like Jane. The oh Virgin. God, she's right over your shoulder. <laughs> um, but yeah, villainous is great. Lots, lots of great card games. I, I secretly want like a villainous like digital edition. I think it would be awesome. Are you just saying that because you've you've had such a great time with uh, Magic Arena? I well, I well, yeah, I've had such a good time with Magic Arena and Hearthstone that I want every card game to just have a digital component. A digital component. I found out there yeah. is a Pokemon one actually. Uh, is it is it a one to one like that? Whatever that Magic game that you were telling me about was. Uh, arena, yeah, it's. No, not not arena. The the one where the decks, you can go back and forth. That wasn't arena, was it? Go back and forth. Oh, you, oh, that's online. Magic the Gathering online. People, okay, yeah. not a lot of people play that anymore. Honestly, is um, that because arena is so good? Yeah, like the only thing that and in arena you get free cards because it's like Hearthstone basically. So, hmm. like if you play enough, you can just have all the cards for free whereas in magic online you have to actually you have to buy every card uh that you get so it gets a little pricey (laughs) whereas you can just get free stuff uh if you play magic arena and it's it's like Mm -hmm. basically the same game the only difference is that um like Magic Arena is only the last, like, year of cards. Who knows if they'll add the others back in? Because right now, the only thing you can do in it is play standard. So, like... Oh, in uh, in online? Yeah. So, it... it uh, kind of stinks. Yeah, well, it's new. So, it's that's part of it, right? Like, it's new, so they haven't put everything in there. But the idea is that they're just going to keep expanding on it. And they're just going to keep adding uh, stuff to it basically hmm. uh, interesting so yeah. lily yeah what have you been playing lately so i've been going back to borderlands so i'm doing borderlands the pre-sequel oh um, nice but that's because i've been just on a kick and i unfortunately won't be able to play the game at e3 so i'm kind of like trying to find well, borderlands 3 yeah i'm just trying to find yeah. like ways to um fulfill my borderlands craving i might step into rage too because it kind of has the same feeling regardless of like the rating and how people feel about it i still kind of want to play it because it's a shooter and it's kind of fun but yeah i've been playing borderlands the pre-sequel i played yoshi's crafted world with my best friend which is adorable. i played the demo for that and thought it was interesting it's adorable is that the yarn one? Yeah. No. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's like the second yarn one. Yeah. The yeah. second. It's the like second it's like yarn, yarn slash paper craft. It's, it's, ar- it's all arts and crafts. The whole thing is arts and crafts, yeah. and it's adorable. There's a demo on the Nintendo eShop, so you can definitely go. Like, I, I, I you can play through 
Like the first couple of levels, I think. And it's adorable. Mm. Yeah, it is it is it, it is very much like Yoshi's Island, but in a different um it, it it's it's on you're on a linear path like you are with that, but it doesn't look that way. It's kinda like I wanna say two point five D, but it's basically just full on three D. You're just locked into a left and right plane, but you can shoot things in the background or in the foreground, which is weird. Hmm. It's fun. Um, it's very fun. Yeah, it, it's like... It's interesting. It's... Uh, the way that I think of it is, it's like, if you want to play... Like, okay, let's be honest. Kirby uh, Allies, or whatever the hell it was called, it was very disappointing. Star Allies? Yeah. It's very disappointing as a Kirby fan uh, to play that game because it's very easy. It's very simple... You know what you're getting into. It's linear, but all the things you can do, easy. Um, but when you play Yoshi's Crafted World, when you first start off, it's very easy as well. But then the the um, every single area gets harder and harder. So even when you're playing co-op, you know, there are times where we've had to either restart or... There are things that we weren't able to accomplish or, like, we couldn't even beat the level, after, mm. like, during the first try. So, like, it's nice because it increases its uh, intensity and uh, difficulty, which I really like, especially because um, I always think that Yoshi and Kirby games kind of get, like, the meh end of the stick when it comes to um, how easy a right. game can be. So like, it's they design it for kids, like, yeah. kind of specifically. That yeah. definitely seems like more of a recent uh, thing, because if you look at the first Yoshi's Island on Super Nintendo, that game was definitely harder than Mario World. Yeah, I'm like, not, to me I'm not saying that, like, every game has been like that. I'm just saying in... The so past I just think like, year. It's, like, it's like more of a yeah, it's more of a recent thing. Well, I mean, I, the only game I can say that is with Kirby. That's it, you know. Wasn't wasn't uh, Yoshi's Woolly World, uh, like one of the, an easier game? I heard people say that. I haven't compared it, compared to Yoshi's Crafted World. It's easier, but I still think that if we had to tier it up, it would be Kirby bottom tier, Yoshi's. Um, Yoshi's Woolly World and then Yoshi's Crafted World, like, okay. so like this you're does gonna get a bit like, more of a challenge. like as an adult you're gonna get your bank for your buck on this game. So okay, I really I really liked it. I really I really still do like it, um, especially for like my friend because she doesn't like playing you know like Borderlands. She doesn't like playing Borderlands the prequel. Um, so I'm trying to get her into both Adventure Pals and Swords of uh, Sword of Ditto. Yes. Which is another game that I think is great. Everybody, everybody, telling me about Sword of Ditto. Yeah, need to get Dude, up on this. Sword of Ditto is really, really fun. It's very different from like a lot of um, I don't, like plat, not platformer, but you know, uh, is it a platformer? It's an isometric action adventure yeah. game, and it's freaking it's great, really fun. It's like, really it's, fun. It's, it's also it's, very, it's very hard if you're playing it wrong. <laughs> Yeah, because yeah. like because when I it definitely has a way that it wants you to play. Yeah, it. when I first played it, I think I died. I got so mad. I died like four or five times, and I was just like, "Wait a second, am I supposed to do it this way?" And then I realized, and I'm not going to explain to you how to do it, so that like when you play, it, you can like figure it out on your own. But when you play it, you kind of just slowly realize, 
oh, the developers don't want you to do it this way. They want you to, like, kind of do it a different route that you're not used to, that a lot of other action-adventure games don't really make you go that way. So, um, I love it. I think it's... Lily, you and I are going to have to talk about this when we (laughs) stop recording, because I... Josh, I think I talked at length about this last time. We talked about it on the show, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because because I got a a review code for Mormo's Curse and had a freaking blast with it. Yeah. Um, And other than... um, And also, other than, like, a very specific story mandatory death, I don't think I've died in that game. Oh, good. And I'm, like... And I'm like several cycles in, so I'm very interested to hear. And and it seems like the way that I play games lent to a very fluid experience for me. So I'm very interested to hear how you went about that. Yeah, I um, mean, I'll I'll definitely if, explain it uh, to you outside. I guess. I mean, we could talk about it here. I don't think it meant it doesn't really matter like so I can can explain it so like the way that I to get more in depth I guess people can people can skip ahead if they don't want to if they don't want to hear mechanical stuff yeah I guess if you want to skip ahead go for it but I mean honestly let's be real here you're probably looking up YouTube anyway how to play the game so (laughs) um with Swords of Ditto like the way that I first started playing it I believe was like absolutely wrong so like you know when you first get into it, you know, you obviously die the first time. And then yeah. you wake up and they're like, what's up? Hundred years. Let's do this again. And I immediately was like, for sure, let go. And I went to the castle and like, I did all that stuff. So you're like round two fight. Let's yeah, do basically. this. And I was like round two, let's go, let's fight. And I was with, I was playing with my ex and like, we both were like, yeah, let's go. And then we went, died. <laughs> Yeah. And I was like, what the hell? Like, are you kidding me? Like, what What am I doing wrong? Then we tried it again, all over again. And we, like, did better the second time. But then I was like, oh, actually, this isn't how you're supposed to play the game. You're not supposed to, like, wake up after 100 years and then immediately fight. You have to, like, gain levels. You have to, like, actually prep yourself to go into these castles and battle and i i'm gonna be honest with you i felt so stupid because um (laughs) because i had read a bunch of stuff of like this is going to be a very different action adventure game and when i first turned it on i was like "What what are you kidding are you kidding me like this is the same thing and when i went into it then i realized my mistake and like you know that's a mechanical thing you know like well, it's not really mechanic. Like, that's the way the game is supposed to pl- be played. I just didn't listen. And so, like, if you're about to play the game, then learn from my mistake. Or try if you want to. Like, there's no wrong way to play the game. Yeah, and that's one of the things that struck me most. Like, it seemed to me to be very... And maybe this is why, like, that particular approach resonated with me and why it felt so fluid to me is Swords of Ditto feels very much like a top-down version of Breath of the Wild, where it's like they show you that's where Ganon is at the beginning of the game. They're like, that's where he is. Yeah, but, like, don't go there. This is this is the goal. <laughs> this is the goal. You go there whenever you're ready. 
Yeah. And but but to me, in both Swords of Ditto and Breath of the Wild, my uh, inclination was this world is really interesting. I want to go check it out and see what's around. And then I stumbled on the the toy dungeon, and then I stumbled on the anchor dungeon, and then then you're like, okay, this is what this is. This is what this is supposed to be. And I've gained a few levels. One of the things I really like about Swords of Ditto is you don't... Let me take a step back. In The Legend of Zelda, you don't level up by killing enemies. Like, that's never been a thing. You don't really level up at all in Legend of Zelda. You gain more equipment and you find ways to upgrade your life, but that's not you leveling up. So there's no experience, there's no anything like that in Legend of Zelda, which is one of the reasons why... There's, you know, that back and forth in the discussion of whether or not Legend of Zelda is an RPG or not, because it doesn't really have stats. It doesn't really have like the traditional RPG elements. It's more of like an action adventure. I didn't really in ever this consider game, it. I don't consider they actually, the Wild an action, uh, RPG. Am I the only one? Would you not? No, I would not. I don't. No, think I wouldn't. Zelda I wouldn't either. Uh, RPG either. Yeah, yeah. I, I consider I consider Zelda to be an action adventure. Yeah. Or just, or just an adventure game. Yeah. Although, now that we've had things like, you know, Don't Nod and Telltale games, like, adventure games are different. Or, like, you know, going back to Maniac Mansion and, and you know, games like that. Like, that's, like, strictly adventure games. But, um, but in Swords of Ditto, you actually do level up. And the thing that I like the most about it is you level up from everything. Like, you get a lot of experience from just finding a chest in the world and opening it. Which I find, like, fascinating. You also get it from killing enemies. You also get it from, uh, I think, discovering new areas. Something like that from picking up equipment and things. Like, you get experience from everything. Um, And when you start a cycle, Mormo has her level set. So you know what your goal is going into it. And then it's just, okay, how do you want to get there? Yeah. Do you want to destroy the anchors? Do you want to focus on getting more equipment? Do you want to find some cool stickers that give you nice effects that will make things easier for you? Because it, it's it's a it's a roguelite, but at the same time, there are ways to manipulate what goes between cycles. There are ways to make things easier. Like I got the leech sticker and I put that on my weapon, so every time I would hit enemies, I would gain health back. So like I didn't really have to worry about running low on health that much. I would like to preface though. Um I do. I didn't go directly to Morma or Mor Mormo, Mormo. Yeah, Mormo. Mm-hmm. I didn't go directly to Mormo when uh, I was like revived or you know back to the new cycle, because I'm yeah. not that dumb. But I know for <laughs> a fact that even if you are gonna go directly to like a dungeon or do like uh, one of the towers or whatever that they have, take it from me. Uh, do not go immediately into them because you're not like yeah, you, you you will not be strong enough like that's something i learned the first go around and the second go around you're just you are not powerful enough when you first show when you first wake up you are like imagine yeah. yourself as a kid like an actual kid who's like 
I have never done anything like this. Like, if this were real life and someone just was like, hey, here's a sword, go take on the world. Let's be honest with each other. In the real world, you're going to hit the gym. You're going to eat healthy. Yeah. You're going to supply yourself yeah. with a lot of stuff to take on this adventure because you're not dumb. You only got one life. Like, yeah. that's not, that's yeah. not, so, like, Swords of Ditto kind of... Which is part of the point. Yeah, it just Life is which a roguelike. Yeah, li- <laughs> life is a roguelike, everybody. That's the lesson here. So, um, yeah, I mean, I honestly just didn't think of it that way when I first started. So, I just want everyone to know. It's awesome, though. It is a fantastic game. So. And it, it has, like, it, it's basically what I wanted the, the, some of the adventure games uh, or adventure time games to be like adventure time. Like we were talking about this before um, adventure time. Hey, ice King, uh, what did you do with our garbage? Hey, ice King, what the fuck? Or no, 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 it wasn't that one. Cause that one was oh, yeah. a, a good one. It was whatever one was on Vita that stunk. I'm not sure but, what it is. Yeah. But it, something like that. Um, but yeah, it, it's basically what I wanted from that. And it does co-op in a really nice and satisfying way. It's good. It's good. Like if you, if you want to play a kind of a game, that's kind of like blossom tales or, um, legend of Zelda link to the past. And you want to play with another person, like pick this game up. It's good. So I want to talk about monster hunter world and dauntless. Let's do that. Cause I've played both those games. <laughs> so, also on Xbox Game Pass, which I think it was recently added to Game it was, Pass. It was pretty recent, yeah. Um, and so that was that was a big thing because I've been talking... Uh, I was talking to Casey about Monster Hunter. Mm-hmm. And, I, and she's always like, do it. Do it, do it, do it, play it. Because she's obsessed with that game. For good reason, come to find out. I had tried playing other Monster Hunter games before... And I always bounced off of them incredibly hard. Like I played the uh, Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate on 3DS. Was like, ah, eh, this stinks. Yeah. Played the old PSP one. I forget which one that one was. It had like some sort of Monster Hunter Freedom Unite. I think is what it was called. Sure. Sucked. Hated it. Um, started playing this one. I'm like, okay. I'm in the character creator. I'm like, this looks pretty good. They actually found a way to make anime hair look good. Like, go figure. Wow, this anime hair. I'm yeah, and it. so so I did that. I, I designed my palico after one of my legit cats. Um, so uh, Audrey and I had a discussion about which of our cats, if they were kind of anthropomorphized which of the c- cats that we had either Finn or Jake would be the most helpful to have on the battlefield and could actually get stuff done and we both settled on the fact that Finn would probably be the most capable and so then I modeled my palico after him which has been pretty great because then what happens immediately after you start is uh, your ship gets freaking capsized by this giant molten dragon and it like knocks over the side like the Titanic and your feline friend falls off like in the scene where the Titanic cracks in half. And uh, so we were kind of freaking out, you know, spoiler alert, you do get him back later and he's totally fine. Good. 
good. But, he's um, okay, everyone. Everybody, he's okay. <laughs> which, yeah, which, like, um, Audrey's little sister was over while I was doing this, and they were kind of helping me make my character and stuff, and then we start the game, and then my my palico, Finn, uh, falls over the side of this boat, and she starts freaking out. She's like, what? What? Where is he? You, you can't do this to me. And I'm like, he's going to be fine. He's going to be fine. We're going to find him. And she, and then she actually was like, she had to leave before too much longer. She's like, text me when you find him. Like, <laughs> yeah, she's like, that's Let not even know. a request. That's a demand. This isn't even funny. Let me know that he's all right. You can't do this to me. And I was climbing up the side of this thing, and she's like, it's weird. I'm, like, actually getting emotionally invested in this. Like, this <laughs> totally ridiculous and bonkers story. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's fun. It's goofy in the way that a lot of Japanese RPGs are goofy in that you're like, eh, this dialogue is definitely not exactly right. No. Um, but I think mechanically it's interesting. And I don't know whether it's the fact that I've played Dark Souls 1, 2, 3, and Bloodborne in between the last time I tried to play Monster Hunter and now, mm-hmm. but or whether it's just Monster Hunter World has really honed what made the series good to a new level mm-hmm. but um playing first with the sword and shield and then with the dual blades which i think are what i'm going to be playing with from now on um i i the boss's telegraphed attacks are really easy for me to avoid um the act of kind of dancing around the battlefield um dodging attacks counterattacking you know, looking for opportunities to strike and then chasing your prey through the the wilderness is really fun for me. And then the cycle of going back to town, carving stuff up off the, you know, the, the carcass, taking them back, making new weapons, upgrading them. Like it's fun. It's a fun cycle. And, um, I haven't played with anyone yet. Um, but it's better with I can, people. I can imagine it being like a really fun time just running around and wreaking havoc on the monster community. Here's the problem. <laughs> I huh? I really I like the loop of Monster Hunter, but I do not like Monster Hunter World and its execution. To be fair, I've not played any of the other ones. Uh, I find its execution kind of annoying. Like the matchmaking in the game is incredibly annoying. Um and then there's a lot of that going around the fact that they well it's even more like egregious than a lot of other things um it's super annoying because like they make you you can't just be like oh i want to hunt this whatever the t-rex is right i don't remember what the name is i want to hunt this big feathered t-rex like i should be able to click a button and just get put in a group with three other people that are going to go hunt this t-rex right like that seems reasonable yeah yeah that's not how this works <laughs> like it's uh it literally is like um oh what we're going to do is you need to join a lobby uh with all these other people and like okay and then once you join that lobby uh you can queue up for hunts. With, can I just say that I people. hate lobby-based matchmaking Me systems? Me too, and it makes it even worse because then they're like, then it's like, okay, now I'm going to go on this hunt, and it lets people know 
like that you're going on that hunt, but uh, it it doesn't like you know it, it it doesn't do a good job of setting you up for success because it's like people can join, but you basically have to be chatting with them, like telling them, okay, I'm gonna start the hunt now. Like go sign up at the board, you know, like it. It's so annoying. I, I think it, it is the worst, and I and it's extra egregious that it forces you um, to play the story mode. Uh, I also don't like the way that a lot of of games are adopting the quote unquote hub world model of lobby based matchmaking systems. It's like everyone had this idea that was instilled in them by MMOs like World of Warcraft, where it was like, hey, let's have these bespoke instanced kind of areas where everyone can go, and then they need to physically run around to queue up for X, Y, and Z thing, and then we need to have like different sub-queues so that they can be joined by other players. It's like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, it's Dragon like, Ball just, Fighters has just, that problem. It's like where just Blaze put me Blue in a group. was just menu based and it was slick as hell. It was yeah. so easy. It's like I just want to be in a group. Yeah. Like I don't want to put up one. with all this crap. Like just seriously just put me in a group. Like that's the thing that I like about Dauntless is that it's faster, not as clunky monster hunter and that if you just want to hunt this one monster, you click a button and it gets you three other people that are doing the same thing and you just go kill that thing. And it's like and the and then you come back and do the same things you do in Monster Hunter. You like upgrade your gear, you build new weapons that are better at hunting specific monsters. You you upgrade your, you know, your battle pass, you craft grenades, you craft potions, like you do all that same stuff, but it's just so much like snappier and faster and not as clunky like uh, that I I don't know how I go back to Monster Hunter period because I just don't I don't like it's like slowness and it's weird it's weird uh thing where it it wants me to play the story and like it it, it not only it's not even that it just wants me to play the story because I wouldn't care if I had to get through that campaign but like the fact that your friends can't queue up with you to do a mission that you've never done before is super egregious. Like, I think that is the dumbest thing. That's super annoying. Ever. So, like... So, the only time you can play friends is if it's something you've already done. So, what you have to do, because they're like, we don't want to spoil cutscenes for you. This is just a really dumb excuse. But what you have to do, Brian, <laughs> setting you up here. Yeah, let- and keep in mind, remember when I said Let about Dauntless? Let me decide if I want to get spoiled or not. Remember, like, yeah, and remember what I said about Dauntless, where you literally just say, I want to hunt this, and then you're in a group of people going to hunt. Like, you have to... So imagine doing all that lobby shit you did, but, like, now if you're just like, I want to hunt with my one friend, and we're on the same exact mission. Like, we're not even a mission before. We're on the same exact mission. You have to go into the mission. Both of you have to go in at the same time. Separately get like a certain amount in to where the cutscenes end and then once the cutscenes end one of you quits and then can join the other one what why that's incredibly dumb that hurts it's my so brain. stupid like i know people are like oh it gets better uh once you finish the campaign because after the campaign you unlock all these different tiers where you're literally just 
hunting monsters for loot. Like it just ke- it just keeps the loop going for a tons of times. And then you hunt the elder dragons and stuff, and they're like big, super difficult fights that you have to prep for and being a good team for and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I wish I could play all that, but I'm not gonna put up with all this, like soloing these missions. You're not gonna that I don't get there. Do. Yeah, I, I'm not I'm not in I'm not doing that. Like I, it's I'm, like a worse version of that that moment with Tomb Raider that we were talking about. It's like, yeah, that's all that's all fine and good, and there's this catharsis at the end of the rainbow. But if you never get there, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. So I find Monster Hunter kind of frustrating on a lot of levels. Where when I play Dauntless, I find it easy and fluid and like, sure, I I, I it's not as deep. Like, just straight up, it is not a, as deep a game. It does not have as many mechanics as, Because uh, I'll you tell know. you, the moment-to-moment of Monster Hunter feels really good. So yeah, I, I, I like the upgrading and the, like, creating your loadouts and stuff, right? Like, I, I live for that. I play Destiny. That's my jam. Like, I love going doing a thing getting rewards coming back to town like tweaking all my stuff and going back out and doing it again just over and over yeah. and over again but like i mean that's literally why there's like, we something were talking about clumsy this and annoying about monster hunter it's like it's like if you got carded to go to the mall like it's it's super like frustrating and annoying on on a lot of levels hmm. but yeah that's my that's my rant but dauntless is great and it's free you don't have to pay for it like Monster Hunter. So, yeah, that's yeah. true. I enjoy free. Some other free is pretty good. Yeah. When it's not gross, it's pretty good. Yeah, like the things you buy are all cosmetic basically. And then uh mm. like they have a battle pass thing, but you don't have to you don't have to engage with that if you don't want to. Yeah. Some other uh, things, I mean, this is basically just Game Pass week. Some other things that I played <laughs> were, um, were I, I tried Mortal Kombat X. Um, I know that, that uh, Josh has had some thoughts, and we talked about this last time. We talked and about 11. I never played 10, right? Yeah. yeah, 10. I never played 10. I played a bit of 11 recently. So the, the, the funny thing about this is that Josh and I were talking about this previously. We've played Mortal Kombat together. And I think the first time I ever played Mortal Kombat was versus him playing Mortal Kombat 2 at uh, oh, the Jackalope. Oh, yeah. yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, we were at Jackalope in the city for Kind of Funny Live 2. And uh, we were like up in the area with the Sega Genesis. We played Mortal Kombat. I remember that. Is it, so Yeah, who was it? Was it David? Somebody had, or Michael? It was either Michael or David. Somebody had a party upstairs that was scheduled, oh, but yeah, they and never we, showed like, just up. Totally stole it, and we totally just sniped their spot and just played a bunch of games. Is this yeah. Mortal Kombat ten, right? Oh, I, now I've played ten, but we're talking about when we played two back. In oh, the okay, day. okay, two. Because yeah. I was gonna say yeah. ten's Which the was, one that has Leatherface in it. Is it? Yeah, it has yeah. like all those dudes. It has doesn't it have like uh, Jason, Jason Freddy. Freddy? I don't know yeah. if you get access to that with Game Pass. Though. Oh, I'm not sure. dang! Because I was gonna say you should play Leatherface. You know, get a little bit of nostalgia. You know, and nostalgia for last week. Chainsaw. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll see. I tell you what. I'll come back next week and and I'll report back on if report, that's report available. back on Mortal Kombat. 
Yeah, yeah. I would like a report on my desk uh, this time yes. this week. Yes, sir. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it was it was interesting. So I, I um, it definitely, definitely, definitely does not look as good as the new game. Like it looks, ve- Mortal Kombat 10 looks very dated. Really? Uh, yes. Which is which is why I really like it when games don't go for a realistic art style. <laughs> yeah, I don't like. I I I think Dragon Ball Fighters will look always look great. Yeah, like, it looks always. like a cartoon. Until the end of time, Dragon Ball Fighters and Guilty Gear Exard will look amazing. Um, even in ways that other two D games, like sprite based games, like Blaze Blue, even the latest one, Central Fiction will not look that great because they're more kind of jaggy. Whereas these types of games, even if they're in a 3d space are, are stylized such that they look like cell shaded stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and for that reason, and also like, I find the gore, like just ridiculously excessive in a way that's like, Oh yeah, actually actively distracting. Um, and I've always thought that mortal Kombat was like really slow and clunky and stuff. Um, to the extent that like I can't really play it, um, but I just popped in there just to kind of see what the hubbub was all about. Um, not a huge fan, but it did get me to pop over into another Xbox Game Pass game. Oh boy! Which is Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite. Oh boy! Okay. Which, <laughs> speaking of a game that does not look good. Yeah. Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite does not look good. However, I will give it this. That game feels pretty great. Um like it, I haven't played a Marvel vs. Capcom game since I want to say Marvel vs. Capcom 3 Ultimate when I went to visit my friend. That was in the Austin. that was the previous one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I also I also bought that on Vita. It feels like it's been ages since then. Though. Yeah, because they never released them. Uh, but basically, th- what this is making me want to do is because the art is so bad. Sorry, I haven't played this game since the last one. Wow, Call but of Duty. But that was also the only <laughs> other one I ever played. I haven't played Call of Duty since Black Ops 4. It's like, what the hell are you talking about? Well, but that was also the only other one that I ever played. One. Dot. So I don't. And I don't and I don't keep up on Marvel's Capcom, so I didn't necessarily know that that was the last one. But that's the last one. That yeah, I they they never released them. Like so, but what this is making me want to do is go back and play MVC two because it feels good. Like playing as Spider Man in this game feels really good, um, and I like the idea that that uh, they they've really leaned into the MCU mm-hmm. where you're. You pick two characters in the game um, that'll comprise your team, and then you pick one of the Infinity Stones. And based on which Infinity Stone you pick, it has a different function. So the Power Stone does like this big attack. The Soul Stone drains life from your enemies and gives it back to you. The Reality Stone just kind of homes around in on them around the map and like just chases them and different things like that. It's really interesting. They've got these different wrinkles. They've got Captain Marvel in there. They've got all these. You can play as Gamora. They really lean into like the Guardians of the Galaxy and modern MCU stuff. Nice. Um, in this game, I think Thanos is in the game 
Like you can play as him. Good old uh, it, Thanos. It's pretty. It's pretty interesting. The graphics suck, and I really wish that they would have done the same art style as MVC two. But I know that like that sort of stuff is more expensive. So yeah, I man, I miss MVC two. Like me and a bunch of friends were obsessed with it for a little bit, and I, I bet there's still a scene for that game, right? Oh People hell yeah, still of course. Playing MVC two. I want to yeah. believe that is ha- that's happening. I'm about to be one of them as soon as I find a place where I can actually play it. You might be able to buy it on 360, so I might do that. You might? I feel like they took it away, but I don't know, actually. If there's a way to play it on a modern console, like if I can play it via backwards compatibility on Xbox One, hell yeah, I'm absolutely going to do that. Mm -hmm. I don't know that I can, though. We'll see. I feel like I would have heard about that if if uh mvc2 came to backwards compatibility well you should check the list because the list is pretty long so it might be there it might not um but that's your best bet yeah for sure did you ever play marvel vs. capcom lily i did not but i i've always played you know marvel vs. capcom in arcades but never actually on console it's basically the same game same old same old yeah they don't they didn't do much to it uh, but yeah, man, Marvel vs. Capcom 2 was like so good. It's such a good fighting game. I feel like people prob- people still probably play that at Evo, right? You're the expert, Brian. Somebody's playing it. People plays what? Marvel vs. Capcom 2. Uh, yeah, they they do that in casuals. They don't... Um, although MVCI uh, was, I think, one of the marquee things last year at Evo, and I think it still is. Okay, so Marvel vs. Capcom is definitely not on uh, the backwards compatibility list, which is such a bummer because I would love to buy that and play that on my Xbox One X. So, like, I think a lot of people were really pissed about it um, after it came out because it, it, honestly, it does, it looks better now. But when it first came out, I don't know if either of you played the demo for um, MVCI, it looked like trash. Like, it was one of the uh, worst... I saw it being played when I was at IGN, and everybody was kind of talking crap about it. it. I'm not joking. It looked like... It looked like one of those old mid-tier video games. Like, it did not look like it was made by a major developer. Really? Hmm. Like, it, it looked absolutely terrible. Let me see if I can find a picture, actually. All the stuff is new. In the in the demo, like the the characters had like really tiny heads. Mm-hmm. Like Dante and Chun Li looked really bad. Now they look more like they're like now Chun Li in Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite looks more like her version from uh, Street Fighter Five, but. They looked really terrible. Um, oh, I remember. Yeah, Chun Li was, was like cross-eyed. It was really awful, and it still doesn't look great, but it does look a lot better. Um, it's just kind of bonkers. But anyway, uh, that that was interesting, and I I kind of did get drawn into it from a story. Or not, not a story from like a mechanics perspective. Uh huh. Um. So that that was something interesting. So I I think I am gonna try to see if I can find Marvel vs. Capcom two, and 
see if I can kind of get something going. Well, with that. I know that you can play it on Dreamcast. That's pro- that's actually the easiest way to play it. Weirdly, is to just get a Dreamcast, don't have a Dreamcast and burn it. Dude, Dreamcasts are cheap. So they're like okay, forty dollars, so- and you can burn all the games. So we were talking about this earlier. Um, we were talking about this beforehand about putting people on blast. Oh, uh, who are you putting on blast? And and I asked the two of you if you had ever gotten a press release from Valve. Oh no, I never have. Me neither. So I'm gonna send you a picture of this. Uh, so this is what the press releases from Valve look like. So go ahead and pull go ahead and pull this up because right. I've talked about this with other IGN freelancers and it is absolutely unbelievable to me that this is what they send. Where did you send this? I sent it to the to the Discord chat. I don't The thing that you both literally just sent YouTube videos and Twitter statuses to. I don't see it. I don't it. see it either. Did you not push enter? I think I did. Yeah. Well, while we wait, you should look at the YouTube video. I think. Oh, wait, hold on. <laughs> there you go. I did. I did there look so at good. it. Okay, there it is. Oh, my Lord. That's a press release from Valve. Man, <laughs> they just don't care. <laughs> oh. So just so just so everybody who's listening knows... It is an all caps. Uh, it is an all caps thing at the top. No introduction. No graphics at yeah, all. It just says Steam April best sellers. Like it's screaming at you. A look at the top selling new releases on Steam for the month of April are listed in the following, and then just a regular HTTPS ass hyperlink. Colons slash yeah, slash, a regular yeah. ass hyperlink with no special text. And then it says these the titles are sorted by release date, but offer a look at the top twenty grossing new releases on Steam. No signature. That's it. Jesus. It's like Valve like, has become sentient. It's like Valve doesn't it care. Is, it is the most bonkers thing. And when I first saw it, I'm like, this is spam for sure. Nope. This is an official press release, and I can't believe it. Like, like look. If you look at what Ubisoft does for their press releases, like they make you feel like you're in the game already, <laughs> like with how graphically impressive their presentations I'm in are the in the game press releases. already. Um, especially, especially if it is a review guide, mm-hmm. like when 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 Ubisoft sent me um, Assassin's Creed Origins, like that guide. And that email was like seven pages long. And it was like, here's all these things. Here's the things that happen at the beginning of the game. Here's a general walkthrough of like what the game structure looks like. So you can prepare your coverage. Here's what we don't want you to talk about. Here's what we think would be great to talk about that we think are some of the highlights. You know, these are just general guidelines that like if you're finding trouble, if you, you know, if you don't know what to talk about, here's some things to help you. Um, but like, here's the dates and all this sort of stuff. Like it's, it's rich with information that you might want or need. And then valve is just like, 
like it's it's like the valve press is drunk texting you or some like drunk emailing you hey, hey babe. here's everything hey babe i know you like love talking about us and our relationship so like can you just do me a favor so, like, can you just tweet this out for me babe please babe yeah exactly <laughs> that's babe. basically what it is <laughs> here's my phone just tweet it out for me thanks babe i'm gonna go back to that's bed. awesome yeah <laughs> Love Valve. I'm, I'm still super hungover from r- like just raking in billions while doing nothing. Yep. Yeah, that's how they do it. <laughs> I wonder if this was like just there's someone over there on their phone and they just like hit a button and they're like, well, well all right, it's out. But just so you know, <laughs> this really- has been what what the press releases I've got from Valve have been like for years, like literally years. You know, I gotta give I just, them some I- respect though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they don't. You're still gonna no talk about it. You're still gonna release it. No fluff. It. No fucks given here. I mean, I mean, sure, sure. They got you. And they're all living inside of a black box over there. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Lily taunts me again with her freaking in and out shake. I was thirsty. Thirsty for some. Is it a shake valve. or is it just a soda or something? I can't something? have any. I can't have any. I wish that I food. could have. Or wait, milkshake. I can't have a milkshake. Are, are you li- are you lactose intolerant? Yeah. Ah, uh, that stinks. Oh my god, okay, I don't know how we got this long. Almost two hours into this show. We didn't talk about the freaking play date. Play date? The Do you not know about the play the date? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, sorry. I thought we were talking about some other bespoke no. uh, Nintendo Direct style uh, presentation or something. I, you didn't watch the Nintendo Direct today? No, I'm kidding. You didn't watch the Sony play date? It's like, no, I didn't. The play date was good. I didn't. I still haven't watched any of that. That's good. The play date is. I've very been working. Cute. Have you seen it? Yes, yes. The play date, yes. The 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 handheld um, surprise game console. Yeah, man. And I mean that. I mean that both. Uh, I mean that literally in two different ways. <laughs> surprise! Yeah. It's a game console, and it's a game console where you get surprise games. You get surprise games. There's twelve of them. They come, they're released one per week, so you don't get them automatically when you purchase the game. Um, some of them use the hand crank, others don't. It has a AB and a D-pad. It also comes with Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, a USB-C, and a headphone jack. Woo! Yes. So what this reminds me of, this reminds me of something that uh, Nintendo promoted a while ago on the Twitter feed, which is, I think, a modular um, handheld console. Hmm. You guys, you guys know about this? I mean, I, I'm not surprised that that's a thing. I'm not either, honestly. I did a video on yeah. this today, so I'm like... Tell me more about the Oh, play you did? Date. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Tell me more about the play date and how <sighs> I'm going to spend $150 for this. I know. I didn't thing. know it was $150, but I'll still probably get it's one. It's $150 and it comes with 12 games and you'll obviously need to purchase if it does well. This is the this is the this is the thing. If it does well, they will produce more games for it. So if it doesn't do well, then, you know, then it is what it then is. Then it is what it is. You only have 12 games. I- I'm sure the homebrew scene for this thing will be awesome, though. Yeah. Because it's such a weird quirk. Like, it, it almost is like a toy, and I don't mean that disrespectfully. I mean that in, like, the best way. Yeah. Like, it's, 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 it, like, knows what it is. It's like, it plays these little games, 
It only has two buttons, a D-pad, and a crank. So, like, make something super weird that you could never make on anything else. Yeah. And release it on this thing. And I think that that is fascinating. Yeah, um, I'm pretty excited for it. I mean, like, if you're a collector, if you're someone who, like, likes the novelty of having it, I'm yeah, you're going to buy it. Like, no matter what, you're going to buy it. Just because it's, like, a nice little relic. For the future. In the future, it'll be a relic. It'll be a nice like, thing you can play with. So, we'll see. Yeah, it, it is It is really interesting. And um, I, I'm fascinated by two things, which, I mean, I think are just the same things that everybody else is, interest, is intrigued by. One is the crank mechanic. Like, this is the first time in quite a while that we've seen a new input mechanic or a new type of game controls um, system-wide. Like, not just, like... Because you get, like, a Donkey Kongo where it's, like, the bongos, but that's just the thing for that game. This is, like... This is an entire suite of games utilizing traditional handheld controls and also something else. Yeah. Like, something brand new it, that we've not seen It before. reminds me of arcade cabinets. Like, I... I find arcade cabinets sort of fascinating because back then game designers didn't have like a set controller that they were designing around. Like when you design yeah, a there game, was no, a, yeah, yeah, when, there was nothing saying the, these are the controls that you have. Like yeah. you could just make whatever. Yeah, it was like you were designing Defender. It was like, well, how many buttons do you need to make the game that's in your head that is Defender? Yeah. Right. It's not Which like today so where it's like I have a PS4 that has four buttons on top, four buttons in front, two sticks, a D-pad, a home button, a touchpad that you can push in on either side and it will do separate things. Like, there's so many buttons, uh, which, if you're new to video games, is overwhelming. Like, I don't know if, uh, if either of you have ever watched someone who's, like, literally never played video games before try to use one. They have no idea what they're doing. <laughs> Yeah, it can like, get complicated. Not intuitive at all. Like we we um we had my uh, we had Nicole's mom play The Witness, and Nicole's mom has never touched video games. Like she knows that we're both in video games and stuff, and she would play when Nicole was at Telltale. She would play those games on her phone because they were just like touch and you pick things, right? So it wasn't super complicated. But we tried to be like, let's give her like a like a, a step up. Like, where she has to actually use the controller. So we put the witness on. The witness, right? It's like, it's you go at your own pace, and there's not any, like, enemies. So there's no stress. It's just, like, solving puzzles at your own pace. But you still have to do the dual stick mechanic, you know, to, to look around and stuff. And it took her forever to, like, get it in her head. That one stick was her body, and one stick was where she was looking and stuff. And it was fascinating to watch. So I like think about that kind of like think about that sometimes when I look at like game hardware where like they try to they they never try to make anything like just simple, like to get to the meat and potatoes of like what the fun actually is supposed to be, which I think Nintendo is usually pretty good about like doing with a lot of their games. But like uh, like Sony and Microsoft I love their games, but they are definitely like gamer ass games. Like they're not for 
yeah ran like they're not for people who come in and like want to play because like for, they play maybe an hour or two of video games a year you know uh i i think this thing is neat because it's it's got a thing we've never used like a crank wait uh, the only crank that we've had has been on like you know fishing rods for like the wii or something and then like only two buttons so the games that they're making have to be you know incredibly simple uh they 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 have to make something that's either really experimental and weird right or it has to be something that is like i said earlier like very meat and potatoes of fun like it has to be so well designed that you only need those two buttons to to do something that's really really fun and people might be like well what can you do with two buttons and it's like well look at all the games on the nes those only had two buttons and like some of them are still you know the best games of all time nes so game boy exactly game boy micro it's like a oh my god it's like a micro except yeah a little bit bigger a little bit yeah i've always wanted a game boy micro i have one still i think i need to fix it because it's I think I need to add batteries to it. I don't know. I gotta look at it. <laughs> yeah, I need to fix. It. I need to put batteries in it. <laughs> <laughs> They're still they go for a high price because like they didn't sell well, and like collectors and people that want to play GBA want them because they're really compact and they have their rechargeable battery and stuff. Yeah, but like you can get the same thing with a Game Boy SP. Yeah. Which I they, have they, too. The SPs don't run much cheaper. I've I never had an SP. I had an original for like the longest time and i always wanted one sps are fantastic can't you play all the same games on a ds Lite? also you can you can except for with okay so with a game boy advance sp the nice part about it is is not only can you play game boy advance games you can play game boy games with a game boy or a nintendo ds or a nintendo ds Lite, you can play advanced games but you can't play game boy games Oh, that so that's stinks. why yeah. a Game Boy SP is so great because not only does it does it allow you to play old Game Boy games, but it also has a backlight that you can turn on and off. So yeah, yeah, um, that's why that's a shame. That's why it's best boy. Mm-hmm. Best boy. And that's why it I was like so the, much... the one if you wanted to play the first Castlevania game they put on GBA, that's the way to play yeah. it because like it was so dark. Yeah, you could you could only play it on the SP. That's why SPs pretty run, much run so high. Yeah. Hmm. So did you did you see the uh, the thing that I posted in the uh, Skype chat? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is the other thing that I was talking about, uh, which is the game shell. Yeah, but oh, I've seen so I, this. Yeah. So I feel like both of these are kind of playing but, to but the this one is different in that it wants it definitely you to is. actively participate yeah and it's also yes. something that you build which i find fascinating but it has the same type of a look as the uh what was the other one called Playdate. but play but date. as play much date. as it but has this one has different this one has different skin like skins quote unquote but also like yeah you could pull the face paint off this and paint it whatever you want yeah the the color yeah. the only the only similarity is the color. Yeah. Well, and it it looks. I mean, if you look at the playdate, it looks like you could just take a take like a, a screwdriver and just like 
unhook it or whatever. Like it just it has I mean, that you, sort of. You might, and I'm sure that there's going to be uh, people who do do that. Yeah, I'm sure there's going to be a decent like homebrew scene for the play day. Uh, this game show thing is cool because it literally is a homebrew scene, you know? Yeah. Uh, like, I think if you were, uh, if you were a kid who was super interested in game development and you were learning programming, this would be like the perfect thing because you could literally write and test your own games on it and make like little RPGs or puzzle games and stuff. And then this would be really cool. Um, if you're someone like us and wanted to play, you know, like Game Boy emulators or something, I'm sure someone has written a game. Like, I would be shocked if somebody hadn't ported some some emulators to this thing where you could play like Mario Bros or Tetris on it yeah. and stuff. Um, like, I, I think this is neat. I, I actually kind of want one. <laughs> but, yeah, I uh, love it. It, it. It's the same price as the Playdate. Uh, it's um, a little more expensive. It's like $10 more expensive, but... Uh, it is, it, it says fun and easy assembly process. Game shell includes five and one modules are the, the clockwork pie main board an Arduino compatible keyboard, uh, for the programming and stuff, hmm. two channel stereo speaker. Um, and then a 2.7 inch RGB 60 frames per second screen. It's not bad actually. 1200, uh, megahertz rechargeable battery and five independent io extended keys and they have a bunch of tutorial videos made by the people who make it to like teach you how to put it together and like make your first programs and stuff so this this thing's super neat and i would be really into uh toying around with it i know not everyone would be would be into that like the game shell thing but like this other little thing uh the play date i think is really cool because it's very light and bite-sized and like if it has tetris on it it's worth it (laughs) also one of the one of the fascinating things about the game shell is unlike every freaking handheld ever it has an hdmi port so you can just straight up plug your tv into the game shell and play your little games up on the big screen. That's pretty Which cool. is something that I've wanted with like literally every console. I mean, in theory, you could, you can do that with, um, you can do that with the GameCube, and also with the, the GameCube is not a handheld. Yeah, but you can play handheld games on it. There's a, there's an, a, like an add on. Oh yeah. The, the, the crystal, the Crystal Chronicles thing. The same thing with um, an SNES. Yeah. No, not the, it's not, not the cable. There was a there was a GBA player yeah. for the GameCube. Yeah. Oh, wasn't it? It was the thing that you set the console on. You set the GameCube. You on set it on top of it, and then there was a and, disc you put or in. Or the, S- yeah, the SNES okay. uh, can do the same thing, but it's um, it's a. Sorry, I'm blanking on the word. Cartridge? It's a cartridge, but you add the game into the cartridge and then you put that in. Yeah. Oh, you're talking about the Super Game Boy? Yep, 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 yep. But those but those are things that require additional hardware. I'm talking about something seamless. This is the first time that I think I've seen something seamless I mean, on a could, handheld. You could literally buy Well, I guess yeah, if you wanted a handheld that could do that, but like I don't know where the like the the HDMI port if it's on here, I don't see it in this game shell thing. 
Yeah, right? I don't know. But, like, in theory, you could design your own case for it that looked different and then put all of the parts in it, right? Like, it's... I oh, mean, interesting. It comes with... It comes with games. So it says it comes pre-installed with Cave Story, Freedom, and, quote, indie games. <laughs> indie games? I'm sure it's, like, little yeah. uh, little games. It has a micro SD card also that's 16 gigs, which is actually a lot. It's kind of big, actually, for a thing. Allow the users games to play retro probably... games from Atari, Game Boy, Game Boy Advance, NES, MAME, MD, PS1, and various other historic consoles. PS one, wow. I don't know That's how much I'd want to play a PS one game on a handheld system. On a, on a like a essentially a Game Boy. Yeah. 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 That'd be rough. Very interesting. Very interesting. I'd be fascinated to see how stuff like that would actually work, and the extent to which you can customize the controls and different things. Mm-hmm. Well, it's open source, so in theory, you could do whatever you wanted to it. That's the idea. Yeah, I'm just wondering how it would work. Like, if it would work. Because you, you, you do whatever you want, but, like, whether it'll work well or not, that's another story. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that's very, very interesting. Yeah. So. I officially let my cats in. They were, like, two hours. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think Jake went away. He was really going full on for a while trying to get under that door. I don't know if you heard oh, that. Oh, I did. I heard it. I did not. He's, uh, it's, cats talk a big game like they don't care about you and they don't care if you live or die. And then you close a door and they're like, how dare you separate yourself from me? Yeah. How dare you make me not be in your presence? Like, it's, <laughs> come on. <laughs> okay. So... I am pretty good, I think, actually. Yeah. I think we talked a lot. <laughs> we did talk a lot. Everybody feeling pretty yes. good? Yeah. Cool. Well, let's go ahead and wrap it up. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us for episode 132 woo, woo, woo. of The Platformers. If you have opinions on something we said in this or any previous episode, or you want to recommend topics of discussion, let us know. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Ribnax, R-I-B-N-A-X. You can find me on Twitter at the Jawa Josh. And if you want to hear me talk a bunch about Star Wars, you can search for Long Time Go Radio on all of your favorite podcast feeds or go to a starwarspodcast.com. We have a new episode coming out hopefully tomorrow that we recorded. Uh, it's all about the Phantom Menace because it just celebrated its 20th anniversary. So we talk all about the Phantom Menace and then we talk a bit more about the Star Wars hiatus and a couple other things. Um, and then if you want to hear the three of us jabber on about horror movies, we did the second episode of Dark Corridors. And you can search for that on all your favorite podcast services too. Or you can go to Twitter and search for D Corridors and uh, find all the links to that and the second episode we did was about the texas chainsaw massacre it was a good episode first episode was about the shining and yeah. it was pretty good too it's so. a good show i like it lily where can everybody find you um you can find me uh on twitter at cool cat lily z um you can also find me um at my house in california 
I have two cats named Cheryl and Reynolds. Uh, and also, as I said before, Game Boy Advance SP is best boy. Uh, fight me. I mean, that's true. That's true. If anyone, Game Boy if, Advance uh, is... if anyone has any issues with that, y'all can find me on Twitter, boy. Bring it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, please review us on your podcast platform of choice. And if you had a good time with the show, tell friends about it. From everybody here at the platformers, we hope you have a wonderful week because until next time, we are out. What's another one? Um have you seen that bald guy play that? No, but I've always just think of yes. I always just think of Drake. Seth Everman. Yes. I always think of Drake. Seth Everman is the freaking greatest. He's so funny. You used to call me on myself. Then now I need my love. Ha ha ha.